0: That is a jewel from Tim done it again. What a goal by Tim Cahill. Thompson. Uh, yeah. Five goals for Angie. And the league champion.
1: Man, On 11.16, SEM, the 4 Diego.
2: Hi everyone and welcome to the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you on this Saturday night disco edition of the Four Diego's. Thanks for your company, Vinny Venezuela. Welcome oh, to you. I'm I'm so excited to be here. Is it the Disco Inferno show? I know it's Disco Night, but we're oh, no, we no.
3: dedicating it to Disco Inferno. Is it, that our
2: song? It is, Vinny. It is. Um, oh, it is. Can't wait. I know. I know. We're we're leading up to that, Vinny. Good, uh, good. But good. Uh, it is the I'm Disco. The disco t- Inferno. Disco. I'm in that line, waiting to get in. <laughs> you have got itchy feet tonight. Uh, g'day, Warren.
4: Good Rodrigo. Sitting in Carlos's chair, can yes, I say? And yes. uh, it's, any chance
2: you get, Warren, you, you just like
4: to go that really chair. Fits <laughs> really comfortably. Where's Carlos again?
2: He's uh, he's bar mitzvah. <laughs> he's, yes, he is. Town he's hall at a bar mitzvah. Yeah, because Carlos Alberto Diego sounds like uh, he's. Um, oh, he,
4: he's at a town hall he's meeting. He's at a town
2: he hall could
3: meeting. He could be. He could be uh, emceeing at a bar mitzvah.
2: <laughs> Carlos is a man
4: season. Yeah, he's a gun for hire. Absolutely, he is.
2: Yeah, now looking forward to a big show tonight. Of course, this isn't a final whistle per se, but we'll take your no, call. There were
4: games today that had a final whistle. True,
2: so... true. But normally we do it after a Melbourne game. Oh, okay. But um, I never but noticed. We are very, very keen <laughs> to take your call. Not, I thought I'd. Tell I just you that, thought Warren. we came in and yeah, talked. I know. Regardless of who was playing, I know. But um, I thought I'd explain. You know that to your live on air. But, okay, um, that's good. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. If you're uh, got some hotlines tonight, Rodriguez. absolutely. What is the hotline, Vinny? Well, we have got the
3: hotline. Uh, it's called the uh, Get Castro Hotline. I don't know whether we got music for. Yes, yes. Okay. What is it? Let's get shorty. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but we actually we want to get Castro.
3: Let's get Castro. Let's face it, the man can play. Man. Let's get him in Victoria. Wasted talent <laughs>
2: no, He's not in,
3: in Western he Australia. He wasted
2: over there. He's not. Just ask Peter Philopoulos. He, he'd say he's a mandatory player over there. This is good, Vinny. I so quite like
3: this. I, actually, I could do the whole show with the background music. <laughs> um, so the theory is Castro's good. Which uh, Victorian team would you like to see Castro playing for? Victory or City?
2: Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Or zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Send us a text message. Um, let's Could go I, through some scores before oh, you I uh, to do set something. Set our listeners a challenge. Okay, do that in a minute. But uh, Sydney FC, of course, defeated Melbourne Victory comprehensively one one nil. <laughs> <laughs> Let me but it was
3: a six-pointer. Yeah, it was a six-pointer. <laughs> so yeah, it was a big game.
2: <laughs> One nil. Uh, Bobo scored for Sydney FC and the today, iced Bobo the scored. Yes, um, and today Wellington Phoenix and Perth Glory uh, It was three all. Uh, it was a cracking
4: game. Uh, to was watch. A game. Not many people were watching it.
2: And just before before us, Western Sydney Wanderers and Adelaide United nil all. It Dower was over there. Dower. What, what are you going to? No, what no. Challenge? There
4: were a couple of things. I was really. Sad for the Wellington fans. They didn't play at the cake tin today. I'm not sure. I think it might have been Hamilton they were playing. And it was 3-2 at the 80th minute. Yes. You and the Wellington fans, we know, take their tops do. off at yeah. the 80th minute. Apparently, some of them almost choked. They had the shirt three quarters <laughs> up. Is this an audit? <laughs> and Castro scored. Yeah. And for the last 10 minutes, they couldn't get their shirts... Back around their neck. And the other thing, I'm putting out a challenge to our listeners, because Mark Rudan
2: It was a great goal, by the way. It was no, the eightieth minute goal that
4: prevented yeah. them taking their kid off. Mark Rudan came out today, and I think notionally we would agree that the away trip for Perth to Wellington, oh, he absolutely. claimed it's the longest away trip.
2: In world football. No, well, I don't know. I don't know. No, surely that, there's but, a but trip. But here's... I've, I've heard that before, actually, Warren.
4: Is it... But is it... But do we know that?
2: Well, it's a seven or eight-hour flight. But
4: surely there's a trip for a team in the Russian Premier League <laughs>
2: from... <laughs> I
4: don't <know>. Minsk to <laughs>
2: Siberia. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So... Uh, no, I'm i not.
4: just think it's important that when you do any sort of media, and we subscribe oh, to this you, on the show... you of all people. We don't make big statements... <laughs> Without actually knowing the facts.
2: Oh, gee. Warren calls out Mark Rudin on not using facts.
4: So, is it? We know that it's probably the only, it's the longest trip in world football when one team flies from one country to another country. Not, I mean, we know that there's longer trips in international football. I don't know if there's an eight hour trip
2: into. Into com- into country, I, I don't I don't know if well, there there would be an eight hour trip.
4: As I keep
3: saying, Warren, whenever there's duty free involved, you know it's it's a long trip, mm. and yeah, but
4: it, it, it changes things. I just think it's important to get your facts right. <laughs> I, I really yeah, do, and if if it's I, not the case that Mark <laughs> Rudan, did we did we
2: get that? I'd like a recording of that because yes. I want to play that to Carlos um on Wednesday if night if it's not
3: correct. Warren, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna abandon you right now, okay. Because the other thing too, when Mark Rudin's got his his, his no, glasses on and Dan. he and he and he looks like a pharmacist, he's got credibility. <laughs> All right. He goes up one more notch. He's already high up on my little credibility ladder. So
4: it becomes fact if you look more credible, is that right? Of course it does. So how do we go on radio? Well, when people can't see us. Why well, we're
2: not highly credible. <laughs> well
3: Rodrigo's <laughs> got the glasses on, yeah, he's I'm looking got the credible. credible. <laughs> it's actually, so, so have, have I. You, <laughs> so have you, Vinny.
2: I just hey, want
4: a no- want to know I, from the top of the show, somebody call me in, call in or text and say, On fact, I've Googled this, mm-hmm. the longest trip in domestic football across the world. Could you Google that and get an answer?
2: I'm sure you could,
4: And would it come up as Perth, Warren? Warren is wrong.
2: 0433981116, send it via text or 94291116. We've got a big show for you, so we're going to go around the NPL grounds and uh, we're going to catch up with. Uh, Irimple Knights from Mildura and see how they went in their FFA Cup tie against Westvale Soccer Club from St Albans. So looking forward to that very, very shortly. You know the Irimple Knights, mm-hmm.
4: how do you think they got here from Mildura? Do bus. you think they would have taken the train or well, they would have hired the <laughs> well, bus? I, well,
2: ask Dominic, their uh, president, when uh, oh, we the president yeah, of we, Irimple we, coming on. We got the president, so... They've yeah. got to get back quickly for fruit picking, though. That's their problem. <laughs> <laughs> <They do>.
4: Because <laughs> there aren't enough fruit pickers at the moment.
2: <laughs> nine four two nine eleven. Do, are they allowed 16. to?
4: Like, do they recruit some? You know,
2: I'm going to give oh. you a yellow card. Do they
4: recruit? Do they recruit the fruit pickers? Like, do they have parts of this season where they really go well? Because...
2: I'm really nervous about this interview now because I said well, no, when I rang him, come they're Italian reta- the backpackers. <laughs> when I rang him earlier today, I said you might not know us. So we do a little radio show. Did he know scene. us? He did, but um, I said, oh, you know, we're we're really um, credible. I use that word, and uh, well, we you know, we, we, we were. <laughs> hey, it's um, a quarter past uh, ten. Yes.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, baby. Yes, as you can tell, tonight is a freestyle (laughs) evening on the Four Diego's. It is Disco Inferno Night. Thanks for your company. If you've never listened to the Diego's before, you're thinking, what the hell is this? We are a world game show, and uh, been only doing it for twenty four years, but uh, we're very, very happy to be here on your Saturday night. Give us a call nine four two nine eleven sixteen. L- let's talk a bit about Sydney FC and Melbourne victory yep, last night because we weren't on something big? last night, um, and and we normally are after a in the final whistle, which is the show we do after a game. What do you make? Say something big. Well, well I'll, what you think? I'll say this. All being
4: equal right now.
2: Mm-hmm. You're not going to say Sydney are going to win. Sydney pre- can't
4: lose the grand final.
2: <laughs> the grand final?
4: They're better. They're better. Look, I've been slow to come around and Carlos is not here and he pretty much said that they didn't make a lot of changes at the start of the season, even though they brought in about oh, 15 then, then players. Then we, we rattle off about yeah, 15 you, players. you in particular should take credit for that. <laughs> oh, but genuinely, they're just better they're good. than everyone else. They're just better.
2: So what do, you, what do you think nine four two nine eleven sixteen is Warren right they will They are premiers and champions this year, Vinnie, you watched the game last night you're,
4: and is a Melbourne victory fan.
2: you 're the unabashed victory supporter in this crew, What did you think watching the game last night
3: I, I think sydney 's better, and they were certainly better last night, but i don 't think they 're unbeatable and I think that uh, as James Troisi said that uh, you know we 're going to have to beat them in the grand final now, and we can beat them. Victory created chances, they just didn't put them away. And so
4: they. And so did Sydney. Sydney they, they could have did. had six they goals did. and Victory could have had but, four, but they still would have won. Victory
3: weren't swamped or overwhelmed in, in any any way. They, they petered out a bit, but the conditions were pretty woeful as well. Not that I want to blame the conditions. I think at the end of the day, you, you've got to take your chances and, and put the ball in the back of the net. And, and
2: Both teams played in the same conditions, yep. yeah. I thought Victory um, started off really, really well and, and they missed a couple of... Uh, hmm can I say, guilt-edged opportunities. And uh, and then Bessart Barisha missed a, a sitter too.
3: If um, Sydney had won three zip, I would I would be inclined to sort of agree with you a little bit more, Warren. But I think that because it was only 1-0 and it was reasonably competitive, the first half was pretty tight. But then um, once once Sydney got the goal, we were we were sort of a little bit more defensive and, and, and it changes the game as it always does. So, yeah.
4: But you've got to factor in the fact that Melbourne are going to have to go away and play Sydney in Sydney in the grand final, all things being equal. I just can't see. I mean, can you make a case? Yes. I think you can. But it's, to me, a tad of clutching at straws. When does the team that's 11 points clear, and when you think about it, they're 22 points clear of third position, when do you actually say, you know, all things being equal, they are going... To win the grand f- they're better than anyone else and the gap Although clearly is significant. Right now, it, the gap's significant.
2: But but as we know, um in the in the you know the, the the way we do it here, there's a final series and a grand final. Anything can happen in that month or so that the final series is on. And and you got I've got to say, Marco Rojas in the first fifteen to twenty minutes, plucky was, was cutting was Cutting them apart, basically. Zulo didn't know what hit him initially. He, th- they were getting in behind Zulo fairly easily. Mm. I think then Zulo actually lifted his game and, and did, did really well. So I, I thought I thought victory had worked out a way to beat Sydney FC at home. And I think they go into a game against Sydney FC pretty confident that they they could win. I mean, the the I mean, the thing you have to admire about Sydney is their depth. You know, all of a sudden, you know, Bernie Abini comes on. And the guys are Gazelle. I mean, Matt the way he runs. On. I mean, he is unbelievable. He's, when he's fit, and, and he's fit now, but you it's firing. Said,
3: you said Gazelle the way um, Carlos says Tommy
2: Rogan. <laughs> well, I've got to say, you know, he's quick, he's big, he, he can hit the ball. Yeah. He's a very, very good player. Carney then comes on. You know, Carney. Well,
4: they were the three substitutes.
2: <laughs> That's right. Carney, Carney Simon. Carney, Simon, and Abini. And Abini. And Milosh Ninkovic this year is, I mean, he and Castro. Would have to be the two best players in the competition at the moment, don't mm. you agree?
3: Yeah, Ninkovic has always got a smile in his face. That's what I like about him. But um, look, I think yeah, the int- uh, Sydney is is good because they don't waste their opportunities and they're and and they're always in the game. And, and psychologically, I think they've got the upper hand over everyone because they stay in the game. And like I think victory can match them in that regard. But I, I just think that they've got the quality and I think that they can make their late subs. And, and as you say, Rodrigo, the, the late subs they make are all potent prongs. Absolutely.
2: And, and I think, as Carlos or you, Warren, said um, on Wednesday and even before that, it's what they do when they don't have the ball. They actually track back. They really close all the gaps. They, they crowd their, you know, their competitors. And, um, boy... Geez, they're good at doing that. So, what's
4: well, interesting, Zulu and Wilkinson were playing in the back four for Melbourne City last season. That's true. So, I mean, they've got, mind you, whatever they've done with 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 Zulo, for one of the rare times in his career he's actually played a long period of games with it. I mean, they've had no injuries Sydney either, mm. or none of significant. None of their key players and Vukovic is contented. He's found he's found that consistency again that had him one of the best goalkeepers a couple of seasons ago and really probably the goalkeeper that Melbourne Victory hoped they were going to get although in saying that the improvement that's been made in Lawrence Thomas yeah, and good. you'd have to say he's close to the second best goalkeeper in the, in the comp behind Vukovic so isn't it amazing I mean, they've done a great job
2: isn't it amazing watching Vukovic clearly you know, he had a lot of weight on his shoulders with his, you know, little boy's illness mm. last year. Um, he's had some t- some fantastic news this year, and um, on his son's health. So, um, really, really great to you know see. He's a he's just made some fantastic saves yesterday.
3: And as you say, um, Warren, the fact that Sydney haven't had any injuries or any big injuries this year, I think that you'd almost be worried that uh, late in the season it's not going to go pear shaped because your your luck's got to run out. So there's always that that little thing. Hanging over your head too,
4: you know. You question. I did. You question I did. me. I I'll, I'll question up. me. I I'll, I'll read, read it. Read You're, it. <laughs> Go on. Don't tell me. Go it. on. Read it. <laughs> read it. Hey, we asked. Uh, Warren
2: asked. Um, Mark Rudin said that. Uh, Mark Rudan. Mark Rudan said that Jeez, Rudin. to Wellington and vice versa
4: it was the longest trip. Yeah. In world football. Well, Mark. For a
2: domestic competition. Mark
4: will send it through to you.
2: Jason in North Coburg has sent us a text. Thank you very much for this is uh, the Diego's research department. Fact no. No, it's not. So Warren, we would uh, Mark was yep. a bit of fake news. Very good. Um, fake news <laughs> Perth to Wellington, five thousand two hundred and fifty kilometers. Perth Glory in Wellington Phoenix, a A League, of course. Vladivostok to Kaliningrad. 7,360 kilometres, FC Luch Energia and Baltica, Russian Football National League, second tier. That's Jason um, in... Hulberg, that that Vladivostok, Hulberg. they they would do that by slow no, train too. No, these too.
4: teams are in those respective cities, so unbelievable. Um, so there you
2: go. So Vladivost- you go, Vladivost- Vladivostok to Kaliningrad. Um, hopefully, we're going to Russia too. So and we'll, we love we'll Mark. Check out, mind you. Oh yeah, mind you, I the
4: pharmacist. Mind you, I do hope that the Aussies don't have that trip because yeah, exactly. We'll have to be fairly. Early, it'll have to be up fairly early. Wouldn't
2: That's going to have to be a flight. <laughs> we're not getting on a bus that long if we're going to the Russia World Cup. <laughs>
3: By the way, uh, Rodrigo, the Get Castro hotline. Um, yes. It's Peter been Philopolis, going gangbusters. Peter Philopoulos on Twitter says, Wow, Perth dominates a Melbourne football show. By the way, <laughs> Castro doesn't like grey skies and rain. So it's on. To which I said, yeah, but we've got better coffee and tapas. Yeah. So it's, I think we can accommodate uh, Mr. Castro.
2: And Peter is a, Peter Philopoulos is a proud Victorian he is. too. So um, already starting to sound like a Western Australian after a couple of years at, uh, at Perth Glory. But uh, fair enough. Thanks for listening, Peter. Hey, let's take a break now and come back with. Uh, we're going to go around the grounds with the MPL and FFA Cup. Looking forward to this. Uh, looking forward to this at 23 past 10. This is the 4 Diegos
1: on 11.16
2: SEN, Melbourne's home of sport.
1: On 11.16 SEN, the 4 Diegos.
2: Thanks for your company on Disco Inferno with the Four Diegos. Maybe give it up. It is the Disco Edition. Thanks for your company. As I said, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Warren loves KC and the KC. Sunshine Band. Was-
4: like I've never known two bands, Rodrigo. If you think about <laughs> the number of people in KC and the Sunshine Band and Hot Chocolate, mm-hmm. there were just people everywhere. Yeah, no, it was I, hard to know where to look at times. It is. You've
2: ever seen the Melbourne? And they had orchestra? their own.
4: They had their own trumpets and their, you know, their own.
2: <laughs> what are you painting a word picture for?
3: Who
4: cares? They just had everyone. It's a football show. I know no, because they I'm had a little their own bit disappointed at the lack of musicians that make up bands these days, Vinny. Oh. They subcontract out too much. <laughs> Casey and the Sunshine Band they had everybody. They had the horn section. They had the. They had the. You know, and they had the, the three-story, you know, the three-story keyboard sections. You know where
2: it was like the they had everything.
4: They were real yes. bands yeah. back then.
2: No, very interesting there, Warren. Now, look, I, the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra have got a lot of people in them too. So, um, 942 911 16 or 433 11 16. Hey, we're going to go around the grounds now when uh, football in Victoria um, it's is alive, running well at the moment. And we're going to catch up with Yessar Dow, who was at the uh, Hume City versus Bentley Greens game. Good yes sir. and welcome to the Hi. Four Diegos.
0: Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me.
2: Yeah, our pleasure. Good to talk to you live on air. Um, tell us what happened today between Hume City and Pen- Bentley Greens.
0: Uh, it was a pretty eventful match. Obviously finished 3-2 to Bentley, but um, didn't, it certainly didn't look that way from the start. Hume probably with a better side than the first. Uh, it was definitely a scrap. Most games between these two are. Uh, second half, Bentley were able to equalise. Hume equalised. Oh, sorry, went ahead a few minutes later. Bentley then equalised another few minutes later, but I think whether it's fitness or just momentum, they finished the game a lot stronger and were able to get the uh, three points to the late goal to Benny Lipson. I think you're in the 89th minute.
3: And who was the standout player?
0: Uh, Look, both sides definitely took their chances. I thought Matt Fertel for Bentley was, again, continued his really good form. He set up one of the goals, scored one himself. For him, I think Wayne Wallace and James McGarry, are two you know experienced veterans in the middle of the park. While he especially playing against his old side was really good, but um, just a really good contest.
4: Crowd and atmosphere. I mean, I get a sense that in this segment that we've been doing, there's really good vibe about the MPL, and people are getting out, and the games are of good quality, and it's a there's a really good vibe. Was this one of those affairs? It sounds like with five goals, it it certainly it certainly was.
0: Look, I must admit, today wasn't, I probably wouldn't say a typical Hume City game. Hume City also usually bring a really good atmosphere, there's a massive drum, but you're right in the sense where all the games just have this ridiculous atmosphere, but you're so close to the pitch, and you're watching a good quality standard now, you're not watching, you know, it's not maybe like the old VPL days, where there'd be a lot of foreigners, a lot of hacking, like the teams are playing really good football, but I mean, back to the crowd, once, once the game started, there was certainly atmosphere there, but... Um, look, I think you could get that at most NPL games now, which is awesome.
2: So Bentley Greens find themselves on top with Avondale Heights, uh, Avondale FC, rather, with a game in hand. Um, Started the season pretty well, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, results wise, three, three from what, three from four. Now you'd mm. say it's a good result, but if you look at the performances, they probably haven't actually been playing as well as they, we've come to see Bentley. I think, especially in the first game, they went up early against Green Gully. Gully came back, and Bentley never get two late goals. Uh, they certainly didn't start well against against North Geelong they could have gone 2-0 down had it not been for Ryan Scott saving a penalty when they were 1-0 down um, and so the was a disappointment last week in Melbourne Knights but they really needed the victory today just because to they were in their top two especially with teams around them like South Melbourne dropping points uh, they'll definitely be happy with the results, performance maybe not as much
3: and just so um, Vinny again what did, did the gaffers say anything at the end of the game? Um, look, I think the main
0: point away from what J.A. said after the game would have been that they needed the result today. They really needed the result today to make sure they didn't start on an even ledger with two wins and, you know, a draw and a loss. Three wins out of four would have been a really good start. What they would have expected from a club who has really lost the ambitions and always does. So I think the biggest takeaway was that the club showed some really good fights today, but were also able to get a really important win.
2: They're against uh, Pasco Vale uh, next week, I believe. Um... Well, they'd be pretty confident they could do that. <laughs>
0: uh, well, <laughs> no, they, to, they do get the results against Pascaval. Did you see Coach Vitali Ferrante, uh, Pasquale in the crowd today taking notes? Um, but look, Pasquale is one of those teams, like Hume City, who have finished between four and seven over the last three years, and they're looking to hit that up echelon, really challenge South Melbourne, Heidelberg, and Bentley. So, I mean, in my opinion, Davey Van Schiep is one of the best players in the league. So, with the bring of a player of that class, they're always dangerous. But Family shouldn't take them lightly. Although on their day, look, you'd expect them to get the result. But, look, the way the results are going this season, a lot of up and downs. Yeah, who knows?
2: And it's early in the season. I was being very flippant there. Uh, yes, so I am... Um you know, Pasco Vale, yeah, like you said, you know, um, Van Skip is a very good player. And, uh, you know, so early on in the season, you know, anyone can anyone can win at this stage. is is being proven at the moment. So
0: yeah, definitely. I mean, Port Melbourne 4 nil over South Melbourne exactly. and then Green Gully getting over last night. So Kingston haven't won a game yet, beat Melbourne Knights last night. So it's a good time to be uh, in a fan of NPL.
2: Exactly. Hey, yes, I really appreciate your time and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you another time. Thanks, lad. Thanks for having me. Good on you, mate. Yes, uh, Dow there. Um, at the Comprehensive. Bentley Greens Comprehensive. versus Hume City game. Bentley Greens defeated um, Hume City uh, 3-2. In the other game today, Bulling Lions defeated North Geelong 2-0 and Kingston City um, defeated Melbourne Knights 2-0. And uh, Green Gully yesterday defeated Port Melbourne 4-2. So the Sharks losing the game there last trouble? night. Trouble? Any trouble? No, no trouble. No there. trouble no down trouble. there, mid-table Melbourne? At, mid-table at the moment doing very, very well indeed. Hey, um, now we're going to go and catch up with the president oh. of the Erimple Knights from Mildura, Dominic Good G'day, Dominic, and welcome to the show. Thank
0: you. Thank you very much.
2: Hey, tell us you're up against an FFA Cup fixture for you tonight. Erimple Knights out of Mildura against Westvale SC in St Albans. Tell us what happened today.
0: Oh, we had a defeat today, oh. Oh. which is unfortunate.
2: So, does that mean the guys
4: are going to have to pay their own way home? Like, you're not <laughs> going to, you're not going to get them on, let them on the bus? You know, like, I'm interested to know how you did. You travel together, and it was sort of like a, a team bonding session coming down.
0: Unfortunately, not. some people come last night, and some drove down today.
4: Okay, and um, Dominic,
3: tell us uh, with the players. In terms of the recovery session, will it just be spent picking
2: fruit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they might have a few quiet ales tonight, actually. So, so oh,
2: what was the score first? What, what was the score in oh, the end?
0: 5-0, it was. Oh, Ooh. wow. It's
2: a bit of a, bit of a um, thumping. So, really Dominic,
0: tell you should a- be
3: rewarding them with ales, mate.
4: <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> tell us about. I'm really. I mean, this, this um, part of the FFA Cup probably goes unknown to most people as. Clubs in the lower divisions look to to get to a point of, I suppose, hopefully, first of all, maybe playing a team, you know, in the top divisions of Victorian football. Tell us about the Mildura competition and how vibrant it is, how many teams are in it. And are you guys the equivalent of the, the Barcelona or the Real Madrids of the Mildura competition?
0: At this stage, yes, we probably are, yes.
4: So how many teams actually play in... Is there a competition in the Sunraysia? There's
0: there's five teams at the minute. Okay. With all all grades, starting from um, sub-juniors all the way up to to seniors and women's as well. And have
4: you seen an increase in participation in the lower levels as has been the case across the rest of Australia?
0: The juniors have exploded.
4: Oh,
3: that's great.
0: Uh, And I've noticed at our own club, we've just gone crazy. That's awesome.
3: And uh, Dominic, yeah. when when the the Knights left town today, was there a guard of honor? Cuz this uh, is, this could be a Cinderella story.
0: No, no, I think I think after the game we went and had a the, the club was good enough to put on a meal for us and then we had discussion with the with the opposition had a drink with them which was
2: good. That's good. But, but, that's but that's tell good. tell us about I mean the FFA, we love the FFA Cup. It's you know the romance, we you know we understand the, the drama, romance, the drama, the controversy, the emotion. Um, all of that sort of stuff, but but Don, what does it do? What does it do to the club when I mean you? You know, you've actually um, made it through to this this phase. What does it do to the club? Um, you know, when you actually are making it, you know, playing in the FFA Cup, and you've seen you know how uh, much publicity it's had over the last couple of years. Does it does it really galvanise the club?
0: Oh look, it gives from where we come from, it, it, it actually you know boosts the area a bit as well. Like, you know, from where we are, uh, so far, I'm giving it northwest from here, um, and it gives the opportunity for the younger players to see what it's like, you know, get them into the system and and play against some really good quality footballers.
2: T- tell us a little bit about the footballers in your um in your team. What do they you know What do they do um, during the day? And obviously, I would imagine they're they're uh, you know not not professional uh, full time professionals. They're oh. uh, you know um, what what do oh. they do? you know, um, during the day and, and um, you know, to get themselves up for this kind of thing?
0: Oh, look, we've got a range of uh, blue-collar workers, tradies, farmers. It's a different, a different array of, you know, different types of workplaces that they come from. I and mean, They donate their time um, and they're passionate about their sport and they're passionate about the club.
4: Now, Dominic, I'm interested. I, one, of, I, one of the things I've been bemoaning a little bit lately is the fact that in the, um, the A-League, when it gets above 30 or so degrees, the players have a break, you know, halfway through the first half. And I, I actually think that's probably a little bit soft. Now, I can imagine that you guys, you wouldn't have breaks halfway through halftime. Mildura is a really, really warm place during summer. You guys wouldn't be having breaks, would you, during the, during the half, halfway through a half? Or You guys are a lot tougher than that, yeah? Well, I
0: suppose it's at the discretion of, of the umpires. <laughs> um we're, we're pretty much used to the heat. But, look, it does get hot. And, look, sometimes we've had friendlies and the, and the weather's extreme, and that's why we force for uh, later
3: playing times. Okay. And, and, Dominic, what about with training? Because Madura does get quite hot. Like, the, the the boys, like, and it stays hot for quite a while, even after the sun goes down. Does training for the seniors kick off just that bit later?
4: Yeah, of course it does, yes. Now, Dominic, the other thing is I I was wondering whether the Mildura Cup's coming up very soon in the harness racing area, in the area, and it's a real harness racing area. Any team bonding, perhaps, that could be done, you know, having a few bets at the Mildura Cup, because it's coming up really soon.
0: Yeah, well, that's up to them players themselves. So I don't encourage that.
4: Good.
1: That's a
2: great answer.
4: I would encourage that, because I'd love to come up and maybe do a speaking come. engagement at the club and just do a bit, just go to the Mildura Cup as well. You're quite welcome any
5: time. Very go.
2: good. Hey, Dominic, mate, we really appreciate you giving us a bit of your time tonight. Bad luck on the result, you know, uh, tonight against uh, West Wales, uh, Soccer Club in St Albans. 5-0 tonight, but it wasn't to be. But congratulations on the journey so far, and good luck in Safe the uh, Sunraiser League.
0: Thank you very much,
4: Lee.
2: There's uh, Dominic uh, Primorano there, the president of Erimple uh, Knights. Uh, yeah, good to talk to... Um, and that's
4: a great... That's a great thing. We heard... Um, we heard there was a game at Point Cook that I actually witnessed last week, Strathmore versus Point mm. Cook, that was part of the FFA, you know, the qualification for the for the FFA Cup. And that, uh, these stories are fantastic.
3: They are. That, uh, that Mildura to St. Albans trip, that's probably <laughs> the third longest away <laughs> yes.
2: well, oh, game. Can um, did Jason from North Coburg just verify that, um, if you can? <laughs> with the Well,
4: certainly it could have been. It could be the longest Trip internally within Victoria for an FFA Cup qualifying game. Interesting. So there you go.
2: Hey, uh, give us a call tonight nine four two nine eleven sixteen. After the break, we're going to catch up with Teo Palazzeri because there was a big game tonight: Heidelberg United uh, versus South Melbourne. And there's trouble the in the camp. Was there? Well, anyway. I
4: think I think one team may have dropped their bundle after there was no expansion planned in the uh, in the A League.
2: We'll find out what happened in that. Uh, derby at Olympic Village, a little bit uh, very very shortly. Let's take a break now. And come back with more of the Four Diegos on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport.
1: On eleven sixteen SEN, the Four Diegos.
6: Long ball, looking for Loic. Still being worn closely by Biles. Brought the ball down. Stephen Pace crashed in, and the numbers won out. Way to Ellis. High ball, looking for Kenny Athew. Trying to head it into his own path here. Athew! Oh, Kenny! Oh! Kenny, what a
1: goal! What a goal! It's 1-0 to Heidelberg, and Kenny Athew with a net
6: buster has put the burgers in front. Holy smokes! Oh, wow, Liam Bentley, what a goal. What an absolute screamer from Kenny Athew! Peter Gianni
0: looked like he was going to get in front, but Kenny strode out the legs and absolutely bulleted it past Roganovic. That is a quality strike worth winning a derby.
2: That's fantastic commentary by Teo Palazieri. Uh, And I'll ask him whose cohort was there. But uh, Heidelberg and Ida defeated South Melbourne. Billy
4: Connolly, I reckon it
2: was. (laughs) At Olympic Village in the Greek Derby. G'day, Taylor and welcome to the Four Diegos.
6: Hello, Diegos. Yeah, great night. And uh, Liam Bentley there was my you. Not Kenny? It it, it, it wouldn't be Victorian football without a Scotsman.
2: That's true, that's true. Tell us a little bit about the game, because uh, 1-0, you know, it sounded pretty exciting that it's your goal. um, Describe it again for us, mate. That sounded like an absolute beauty.
6: So he he ran down the ball through the right side of the attacking half, headed it out in front of himself, and he had big, burly South Melbourne centre-back Carl Piergiani trying to muscle him off the ball. He lashed his right foot at it from the top right corner of the area and he slammed it into the top left. Nikola Roganovic who'd already made one of the saves of the season in the first half from Kenny Athew at point-blank range, uh, unable to even make a play at it, just stood and watched as it rattled the top left corner. And it was the uh, reward that Heidelberg deserved, I think, for taking the game on after half time. The match at half time had had a couple of chances each way. He- Heidelberg really came out and decided to push the issue for the first twenty minutes of the second half. South Melbourne started to get a little bit of joy on the counter attack, and Heidelberg then surged one more time, got the goal, and then with three subs up their sleeve, uh, they were able to shut the game down with fresh legs and uh, to be fair to South Melbourne, they had a golden opportunity to equalise. Pier Gianni was thrown forward. He can play you know, classic sort of centre-forward, centre-back. And uh, he had a header which was saved very well by Heidelberg's keeper, Chris Theodoridis, in stoppage time that could have saved a point for South Melbourne and prevented them falling to their third defeat in a row.
3: Yeah, T O Vinny here. I was going to say, given the start that uh, South Melbourne have made to the season thus far, is their is there football... Are they just unlucky, or is their football improving? Do you know what I mean? Like... What do you put the hiccup to?
6: Uh, look, there were some very disappointed fans at, at full time, certainly for South Bowen, because the expectations are always so high. And let's not forget, uh, five games ago, they won the grand final and are the defending champions. So it has been a pretty uncharacteristic start to the season. Uh, to be honest, their style actually looks quite similar to last year. The problem is a lack of support for their striker, Milos Lujic. Uh He's been the top scorer the last three seasons in a row, but... He was worn very closely by Luke Biles tonight, who's one of the best centre-backs in the league from Heidelberg, and he just didn't have anyone to play off. It, it has been a bit of a lack of support or a second striker. South Melbourne did someone, Lee Monopoulos, who so often comes off the bench and does a job for Chris Taylor, scores an equaliser or a winner, and is often the man that you know, breaks the hearts of opposition by scoring a stoppage time goal. But Tonight, they just didn't have the the cut-through midfield. It was excellent from Jack Petrie of Heidelberg, who's sort of the, the real terrier of the side, and a, a big celebration for the 2,000-plus crowded olympic village and i think they managed to cram most of them into the heidelberg rooms for the club song at the end of the night
3: i was going to say like we've got the get castro hotline at the moment on the diegos given he played such a great game for perth today maybe south need to have a look at swooping given the connection with south and peter Philopoulos. you could uh they could have a kind word surely
6: Uh, to be honest it's, it's one of those games where you look at uh south melbourne's team and you look at heidelberg's team and the only thing i think that separates them from the A-League sides is the A-League sides do it as full-time work and train five days a week, and these guys train two to three. Uh, really, the the quality on show in the match and some of the players involved in the game absolutely could step up and actually be better than the guys mm. they're replacing at A-League level. But uh, I think the reality is sometimes that if you've got a good full-time job and you're on a good wicket in the NPL, then you're taking a pay cut to go to the A-League.
4: Tao, mm. so, I'm wondering off the field within South Melbourne and maybe the officials, the reaction to the FFA postponing the, you know, the expansion of the competition and South Melbourne seemingly were a fair way down the path of you know, having a bid, getting ready for that. Is there any reaction to that? I mean, is there, a, is there a disappointment or are they just going to just keep their powder dry and wait for the next round?
6: Well, I mean, they did go on a bit of a media offensive during the week saying, we're ready, let's open it up, um, let's not delay this process. And to be honest, I think the sentiment is that people agree whether they think it should be south or not. There was widespread disappointment around the football community this week that uh, expansion of the A-League is being put off. I suppose you know, there's a bit of faith that changing the A-League ownership model will perhaps you know, uh, agitate and allow for expansion to be greater than just two teams at some point in the future, but knowing that it's almost a closed shop again until 2018-19, it was a bit of a body blow, especially for people that you know have aspirations of you know, promotion and relegation one day. I, to be honest, I don't see the harm in saying we'll bring it in in 20 years. At least everyone knows they're working to a timeline of 20 years. So having indefinite sort of uh, you know you know isolation of the A League. Uh, in perpetuity, I think, is part of the problem. And, yeah, it was a hammer blow to South, but I think it's a hammer blow to a lot of clubs that look up the football pyramid and don't see a way to get in.
2: Well, your associates at uh, FFA headquarters uh, need to... um, They've got a bit of work to do uh, there, Tao. But uh, getting back to Heidelberg and South Melbourne, what about Heidelberg? I mean, really, they... uh you know, they're, what are they, sitting third or fourth at the moment? Third um, at the moment. They, they've had a pretty good start to the year. You mentioned the crowd was about 2,000-odd people at Olympic Village. Um, that's a decent crowd. It would have been a, f- a pretty good atmosphere um, for this derby today.
6: It certainly was, and it was a great day of football because they had two women's matches in the afternoon, the under-18s and the senior women, and then the men's 20s came out and then the seniors. So everyone who, who got there early got certainly value for their ticket Um, especially the people who came and watched the women's because it was free entry for that. So if you hung around, you got to enjoy the night's fair for nothing. So, uh, yeah, a fantastic day. Heidelberg needed something tonight, though. A draw was a bad result for them. I think it would have left them on four points from four games. Now they jump up just a little bit. And they go to Oakley Cannons next Friday, which, again, is going to be a four-figure crowd out at Jack Edwards Reserve. It won't quite be 2,000, but it'll definitely be 1,000 and it is annually one of the better games for the neutral to go along to because, again, it's, it's two Greek heritage clubs, it, it's a bit of a crosstown rivalry, and last year it perhaps had the most uh, contentious red card of the season. So no love lost uh, between Heidelberg, and they're playing derbies back-to-back, which means hmm. that it's high pressure for the club at the moment.
3: That's good momentum for them. Tao, um, in terms of the votes, who, do you, who did you give your 3-2-1 votes to in, ter- in this game?
6: Gee, I mean, Kenny scored the goal, but I think you'd have to say Luke Biles uh, was the standout because he spent the entire game man-marking Milos Lijic and uh, kept him to a minimum of looks at goal, which is never easy. And it was that battle within the battle that was vital. And then I'd probably have to say uh, Kenny, uh for scoring the goal, and Jack Petrie at centre midfield. And uh, Sean Ellis, uh, I keep saying, if he had an Australian citizenship, he'd be in the A-League tomorrow, but because he's a Scotsman, um, it, it it's kind of one of those make or break decisions. Do we spend a far and a spot on a, a guy coming up from the NPL? Uh, he is just an absolute class as well. Left foot, set passes, always a threat at goal. And uh, he was very good too.
2: There's two more games this round. St Albans uh, Saints take on Pascoe Vale tomorrow. What do you think in that game?
6: Oh, look, I, I think it'll be desperation for St Albans. They were beaten 5-0 by Hume City in their last home game. They get a really uh, solid vocal crowd. Churchill Reserves a very snug venue. Uh, very intimate atmosphere, and after holding Heidelberg to a nil all last week, they'll feel as though maybe they can be a little bit more expansive, but I think Pascoe rightfully would start favourites in that one.
2: And at Jack Edwards Reserve, Oakley Cannons uh, take on Avondale FC, who if they win will go to the top.
6: Yes, and uh, this is a battle of two unbeaten teams, Oakley with three draws and Avondale with three wins. It's the game that uh, we'll be doing uh, our FFE radio from tomorrow, and Avondale, uh, no no fear of winning ugly, no fear <laughs> of uh, winning 1-0. And you've got to give them credit because last year they finished the season like a house on fire, but it was a poor start to the season that cost them the chance to gate crash the finals and upset the apple cart. Well, they've corrected the mistakes of last season. They have defensively been fantastic, haven't conceded a goal. And uh, Oakley Cannons are desperate for a first win, so I think that'll be a very entertaining game, 530 at Jack Edwards Reserve in Oakley.
2: Fantastic. Uh, winning Ugly, uh, a team after the Diego's Hearts. Uh, <laughs> no, hey, uh, Facebook Live is where they we can catch you tomorrow?
6: Uh, on FFV Radio only. Oh, uh, we, ah. we, we, we try not to compete against the gate too often. <laughs> um, True. It, it's all, True. it's I good. Can tell you that the four <laughs> FFA Cup games where the winner qualifies for the national round of 32... All four of those will be on Facebook Live when we get to May.
2: Fantastic. So when you're listening to that, make sure you're listening to SEN at the same time, of course, because, <laughs> you know, on, d- on different radios, of course, Tao. But, uh, hey, thanks for your time and uh, really appreciate that. Always good to hear about what's going on in the MPL.
6: And uh, a shame about a rimple, Nights, guys. I thought that would give it a real shake. But it no. is.
2: <laughs> we, uh- when, when we heard it was 5-0, the three of us just, you know, our shoulders just dropped. You know, we thought 1-0, but 5-0, you know, Dom uh, put on a brave face tonight, but um, yeah, that would have been tough. But the boys are in the big smoke. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> uh, I've
6: had a couple of clubs tell me that they were actually hoping to use it as a bonding experience to get drawn away in Jura, but not to be. And <laughs> al- always a pleasure, guys.
2: Good on you. Teo Palliteri, uh, Football Federation, Victoria's media, media manager and um, sports broadcaster extraordinaire. Let's take a break and come back with a little bit more the Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. On
1: 1116 SEN, the Diego's.
4: Boogie fever. Bit
2: of uh, boogie fever here on that. Who is who's S-E-N. I Silvers, I think. I Silvers, I think. Silvers, is that she right? The sp- yes. No. Uh, Pedro on the panel is uh, nodding his head. In fact, he told me. <laughs> Thank you very much there, Pedro. Um, it is uh, Disco Inferno night with the Four Diegos. Thanks for your company. you have got news coming up very, very shortly, but um, just a few scores, obviously, in the big blue last night, Sydney FC... Uh, Defeated Melbourne, victory one nil. Uh, Warren calls it emphatic. In today's games, yes. uh, Wellington Phoenix and Perth Glory. It was three all. Some of the goals were just brilliant in this game. If you get a chance, make sure you have a look at some of the highlights. And uh, tonight, Western Sydney Wanderers uh, and Adelaide United played out a nil all draw. That was
4: that was anything but enthralling.
2: Yeah, it was over two ob- and in opposite those two games. So, Warren, um, what do you want to you want to set up a discussion? Oh yeah, I do.
4: Uh, um, our man, our mate, Daniel Ange? Garb, oh. had a, a one-on-one in a very sparse FFA room that Ange Postacoglu was obviously his office, and he was talking about his disappointment around the current crop of players, particularly the ones that came out of the, the Asian Cup-winning team when it was held in Australia, and the fact that they hadn't gone on, and they were sort of, there was a sort of sense they were at the crossroads. And I wonder if that's the... If that's true, I wonder if those guys, and I, you might get up on the computer, the, the team that won, the Australian team that won the FFA Cup. And or the Asian Cup. The Asian Cup, sorry, and just track where they are. And I wonder if their progress has been disappointing.
2: it would be very interesting to have a look. We'll do that uh, during the news, of course, and then we'll uh, open it up for a discussion after the news. Hey, um, as I said, uh, Sydney FC defeated Melbourne Victory 1-0. If you've got some calls about that, tell us what you thought about Melbourne Victory's performance last night. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 11.16 SEN, Melbourne's Home of Football.
1: On 1116
2: SEN, the Four Diegos. Welcome to the second hour of Disco Inferno with the Four Diegos here on a Saturday night. Thanks for your company, really appreciate that. Uh, give us a call tonight, 9429 What did you think of last night's big blue Sydney FC defeated Melbourne victory 1 0? At uh, in in Sydney, of course, uh, it's still called Allianz Stadium, Sydney Football Stadium. Um, it's it, called Waterlogged Arena. It's called the Calpatria. <laughs> it's exactly what it's called. Um, there wasn't a huge crowd last night. It was uh, in the uh, in the rain. It was rain. wet. It was wet, but still wasn't a great was, crowd for such it a, was an esteemed 10, game. Ten thousand something. That's not great for for the top team, for the Big who, Blue, who are calling themselves invincibles. Just a couple of weeks. Do you ago? know
4: Sydney Rodríguez? You know Sydney oh, I do. better than me. Would I'd... you travel to that ground where it's located in Moore Park
2: if it was raining? If I loved Sydney FC, yes. Okay. Yeah, Rodrigo would. You wouldn't? <laughs>
4: no, I wouldn't. I'd stay home and watch it on TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. Have I set you a task you haven't been able to achieve? No, no.
2: Well, you, you set me a task to look at uh, the Asian Cup soccer squad, which I found, um, but but obviously we're talking in light of Ange Postecoglou basically um voicing his concerns over the in- individual ambitions of several players that uh Socceroos basically and saying that um you know they you know, they've kind of dropped off they they're not um you know playing in leagues that they thought they would after the Asian Cup victory in 2015 so he's actually put it on uh his Socceroos team basically to say well you know if you're just because you're You know, you you played in the Asian Cup doesn't basically mean that you're going to be a Socceroo or you're going to make a World Cup squad. So um, obviously he will announce his uh, Socceroo squad to play in the next phase of the qualifiers.
3: Do you reckon Moy will get in? I think
2: he's playing all right. Well, he singles out Aaron Moy as one of the guys who who actually wasn't in the Asian Cup Mm. uh, winning team and uh, is now killing it at Huddersfield. So, yeah, he's mentioned uh, Moy, he's mentioned Rogic, who before he was injured was doing great things um, at Celtic. But uh, he's really put it on um, some of his... Some of his senior players, of course, and his other players who um, may have taken a step down. Can you go through the team for us? Roderick? I will very, very shortly, Warren. But um, Sydney FC oh, defeated geez. Melbourne victory, as I said, 1-0. Wellington Phoenix earlier today and Perth Glory played out a thrilling uh, 3 all draw with oh, some of the best yes, goals no, that's fair. you will see. And the Western Sydney Wanderers and Adelaide United, nil all. But these, these are our uh, Asian Champions League representatives uh, right there playing at Dower. Um, nil-all draw in, in a waterlogged Western Sydney.
4: Oh, it was not as wet. Thanks, <laughs> not Lauren. quite as wet, Thanks I for wouldn't that. have thought. Just,
3: sorry, just on that Wellington game, Wellington is showing the sort of form it should have started the season with. They're sort of playing, they're, they're starting to, play. it's oh, kind of like...
4: They lost 5-1 to Melbourne City. Well, no, to, today,
3: there's a bit of quality in that squad. Oh, there, there is.
4: But they scored they, a cracker. Yeah, they
3: haven't turned up. It's kind of like they, they've just realised pre-season... Ended ages ago And now they're going to start playing True Mind Vinnie, what, you, they didn't protect their lead What is the hotline tonight, Vinny? Um, wait for the music, I think Oh, here we go Anytime now
2: oh, nice. Alright, here we go Nice What is the hotline? So the hotline
3: is The Get Castro Hotline And the theory is That Castro is so good That he should be playing for a Melbourne team In
4: fact, he wants to play for a Melbourne team We've got tapas we know, we know he does We've
3: got coffee We've got Oh, better be- beaches, well, not our bay oh, beaches, to compare to Perth. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I um, think the they'd... coastal beaches, right? You know, our know. river. Our that. river we've is better. We've got a better
2: Spanish Quarter. He's home. Actually, Melbourne we... can be his home away from home. Really, Vinny, you put that out on Twitter, didn't you earlier? And um, Peter Philopoulos, oh, to see.
3: It was a Twitter war between me and Peter. <laughs> oh, I
2: don't think it was a war. He was,
3: he's claiming that we've got grey skies and uh, Perth's got sun. I said we've got coffee and tapas. And then I said we've got better Greek food, and Peter didn't like that. You,
2: you heard him when you said that. I, I heard him. You, you hit him I, where it hurts, and he doesn't he got, deserve that. He's he, a very good man. He got homesick. He did. He got homesick. But uh, the Get Castro Hotline. Thank you very much. Does Melbourne Victory need a player like, um, you know, Diego Castro? Oh, I the think the need competition
4: I, needs a player I, like Diego
2: Castro. I was just. Uh, just making a point. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, we can uh, get rid of Shorty.
7: Thank, <laughs> you very,
2: thank you very much, Pedro. Hey, 94291116, what did you think of the game last night? Because we will talk a bit more about that. Um, Kevin Musket was talking about in his um, after-match uh, press conference that... Uh, remember, he was happy, wasn't
4: he? Gra- no, it was, well, he, was no. he wasn't happy. in his praise of the hyphenated referee that we had last night
2: no he, he absolutely he wasn't <laughs> he, gee wasn't. that's a surprise i've got to say but um he thought uh, when zulo clipped uh uh marco rojas um and and got a yellow card he red thought that should have been a red card and he just thought there might have been a, a bit of a sydney-centric decision um i think kevin muskett's been good at avoiding those sorts of uh, calls post-match but clearly um, i you know, Hurting tonight that uh, you know Sydney FC have had such a dominant season, and um, you know Melbourne victory should have scored a couple of goals last night, but uh, not a bit unlike Kevin Muscat. But you know to to almost
3: no, to I've never sport. heard
4: <laughs> Kevin Muscat say a bad thing about a referee ever.
2: Graeme
3: Arnold will say stuff like that. Graeme
4: Arnold
2: says it all. Hey, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Anything you want to talk about in the world game, we will talk to you. Tonight, give us a call. Well, it doesn't have to be about Sydney FC's um, defeat of Melbourne Victory. It doesn't have to be about the game tomorrow, Warren, which is Central Coast and Melbourne. City That's a
4: huge game for Melbourne City to get back into third position.
2: We'll talk a bit more about that a little bit later on. So you're looking forward to that. But um, John, and at Heidelberg United FC, wants to wants to give us his own score and wrap of the game. That was uh, an unbelievable game at Olympic uh, Village. G'day, John, and welcome to the show.
5: Good evening, gents. Yeah, feeling a lot more happy after tonight's game compared to last week. Was, right, uh,
2: yes, because we one... spoke to you last week, didn't we? And, um, yeah, we are from a draw
5: last week, but this week, uh, the big Greek derby between Heidelberg and South Melbourne. And uh, Heidelberg uh, got up with an 80th-minute goal to King Kenny, Athew, who, who um, crowned his 50th game with a... Superb strike to win the game for the Burgers.
2: Awesome, because we a- we actually had Teo Palazzari on uh, from FFE right. before before eleven. But it'd be interesting from your perspective. How did uh, how did you guys win this game? Was it um, obviously South Melbourne haven't started the season well? You guys needed the win. I think yeah. probably you know, as Teo said, a draw would have been tough tougher for, probably for you guys. But uh, how, how did you guys win this game?
5: Oh well, I think it was just a gradual wearing down. I think uh, probably had more of the possession stakes and. Probably had the better of the chances on the night. And uh, a good through ball by Sean Ellis uh, found uh, Kenny Anthony, who still had a fair bit to do. And, uh, look, it was a, pretty much a goal well worthy of winning a derby. I mean, took it well and, you know, beat a, a really informed keeper in uh, Nikola Roganovic, who had a, a great game for South Melbourne. And, uh, look, it was, a, as I said, a goal well worthy of winning a derby match, yeah.
3: And, John, you're back four. They did the job for you?
5: Yeah, pretty much held uh, held sway, Um I think yeah uh, you know, the two centre-backs, uh, Lukey Biles, uh, the skipper, and Stevie Pace, who was an ex Melbourne Victory Boy, of nice. course, yep. um, you know, just uh, always rock solid. And uh, I think a, a real good pick-up has been Josh Wilkins, a right-back, who has been probably Heidelberg's best player this season so far.
1: What does this do
2: for the club? You know, it's obviously we're only four games in, but, you know, the boys have worked hard, you know, the clubs worked hard in making sure that, you know, they're supporting the players. What does this do when you have such an important game, you know, against South Melbourne? doesn't get much bigger than that. You know, what what does this do for the club, you know, going into a long season?
5: Well, it was it was one of those, you know, classic six-pointers because, you know, both clubs have struggled. I mean, we were talking on air as we were streaming the game that, you know, both sides hadn't scored in the last fortnight and... You know, I, I made mention that, you know, I thought it was going to be an odd goal that was going to decide the match. And, you know, you could just see both sides lacking confidence up front. But, uh, gee, what a wonderful goal. And I think that, you know, makes Kenny's, you know, kick starts Kenny uh, Atthew's season. And uh, uh, so Big win for the club, though. You know, uh, just for the fact that we've had the four home games to start. And, you know, just just winning that one really makes the season kick start really
3: and John somewhere in the club rooms now are there Greeks dancing around a table breaking plates and, and doing shots of ouzo because it's a big one we want
2: to be there
5: oh there's a fair bit of uh fair bit of tomfoolery going on I right. can assure you but uh nothing untoward all all in good spirits but uh you know like I said a, a big win because it's it's against the big rival and uh it, you know as I said classic six-pointer and I mean, now it brings the burgers up to seven points, a couple of points beyond the leaders. And the even better thing, I guess, from a lot of Heidelberg fans is it leaves South Melbourne on the solitary point down towards the the bottom rungs of the ladder there.
3: Now, John, can I just ask you this one from a just a sociological point of Ooh, view? Oh, interesting. <laughs> just, you didn't know uh, you could like, so, ask this question, given, did you, John? A bit heavy for a Saturday night. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, you, right. you'll get it. But, you know, like, g- given the heritage of both clubs... W- I, I I'm imagining that there'd be some families who might have a South Melbourne fan and a Heidelberg fan, so post game uh do the South fans hang around a bit or do they just nick off?
5: Oh, I think there was uh they were not too happy. I think they've had a you know, an indifferent start to say the least. Uh, I think the, most of them sort of were happy to leave early and uh, you know not not sort of uh, have to listen to the revelry of the the burger fans.
2: I dare say there'd be a few Nicks in the crowd there today, too, by the way. <laughs> Vinnie, well, yeah. I've, actually,
5: I've actually just driven home. Our, uh, <laughs> there Who's our media manager at Heidelberg? So, there you go. Good on you. Oh,
2: John. Hey, John, mate. Really appreciate your call. And um, no, we'll talk to you again soon. And good luck uh, for the rest of the season.
5: Thanks a lot, lads. Cheers.
2: Here's, uh, here's John from Heidelberg. He's Cockahoo. He's a young Heidelberg United uh, TV. So, um, yeah, he's uh, in internal media there. Very, very happy. Hey, uh, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. As we said, Sydney FC defeated Melbourne Victory last night, one nil. And uh, we talked about the cow Paddock that they played on. A Matt from Coburg wants to talk about the pitch last night. Good day, Matt, and welcome to the Four Diegos.
5: How you going, boys?
2: Yeah, very well, Matt. Thanks for joining us.
5: Now let me just say, you know, the, the refs don't have. Uh... I want to say in the games, you guys sort of put it in the onion nets, and that's what uh, our boys in blue didn't do, but uh, i tell you what the FFA didn't do, they didn't put the, uh, the big blue, the big game, the top of the ladder, the clash, in a pitch, they put it in a cow paddock, in a... There was more goats there than bloody soccer players. What was going
4: on? Matt, I think they've had 137 millimetres of rain. Have they, really? 137 millimetres of rain in the last week in Sydney. Fair income. I reckon, you know, you'd struggle to get a decent surface anywhere. And look, I always... But one thing I will agree with you, and I say it every year, that now the two rugby codes have started. And, you know... The Suncorp will go to the you-know-what, you know, the rectangular stadium that they used last night, Allianz, which is the home of the Waratahs and the Sydney Roosters and, and stuff. That'll go to you-know-what. So there is a, a bit of truth in the rumor. I mean, there's a bit of truth to what you say. But I would also genuinely say they've had more rain than you could poke a stick at. So, um,
2: yeah. But, no, I agree with Matt. I mean, this oh, is – You would. This... No, but this was a showpiece of the game you this can't. weekend. So what do you do? Oh, look, no, no, I, I understand, but it just go. I mean, they've got a big stadiums um, project going on in New South Wales at the moment. So they, they're going to fix it eventually. But but the state of that pitch last night wasn't worthy of a game of this standing. And I think we have to expect as a code that, you know, our sporting venues have decent pitches. So, I mean, yeah, I understand all everything that you said... But we've got to get to a point where our, the pitches for our games are close to pristine.
3: You could have um, done the Head of a River rowing race up there on that picture. <laughs> close <so>. to
4: pristine. <laughs> but, Matt... How do you make a ground pristine when there's 130 you, mil of rain?
3: You get a tarp, Warren. You get a tarp. You go to Bunnings and you buy a big tarp. Matt, are you still there? Yeah,
5: I yeah, am, mate. How, how do you... What I would do, I would do like the... Uh sporting capital of the world and maybe have some stadiums that have roofs like Eddie had and do we actually have this problem with uh, Amy Park? No. What happened during the Asian Cup? You saw what happened up in Brisbane. That looked like a cow paddock and, and Newcastle. My God, I can't believe that we even had the Asian Cup there. It was an embarrassment and you can't say that was because of rugby. That was because of the FFA more worried about money than actually how this game looks.
2: The next World Cup qualifier is going to be at that stadium. They have to have it better than that, Warren. And I, I, you know, um, if it stops raining, they will. But but it's not, it wasn't just the rain.
4: They're relaying it. They were relaying it. Could you see the different colour? Do you actually watch Rodrigo, or are you <laughs> just observe? Yes, but the point I've is, watched. Warren,
3: that uh, you do have to have pictures of this at a particular bashing. It's Sydney standard. bashing. It's typical no, 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 Victorian not at all. Sydney, Sydney
2: bashing. No, I mean we would have said the same if, if if the pitch was waterlogged in Melbourne. Absolutely, this is not Sydney bashing. This is Steady. pitch bashing. Jeez. It's pitch, pitch, bashing. pitch bashing. Hey, Matt, thanks for your time tonight. Really appreciate your call because it was an issue in the game last night. Even people in Sydney were bagging it. So um, it's not got nothing to do with that. It's just the state of the pitch was pretty abysmal. But I've got to say, victory, dealt, especially at the start, I thought they were dealing with it better than Sydney FC. Well, they were
3: actually moving the ball better than yeah. I, I th- anyone anticipated as well. So, I, so maybe it was draining quite well, but uh, the volume of water just meant that uh, only so much
2: could be done. Vinny, um, he's just off the text message. Kevin, misery guts, musket <laughs> is never happy. Always miserable about something, win or lose. Nephew of Vinny. Oh, so there you go. Fair enough. Um, actually, just off the... T- oh, he's Ran- probably Rand- a Sydney fan too, that one. Randric, Randwick Racetrack looked better. So, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, who was that? Just off the anonymous... It was a heavy ten at Randwick Racecourse yeah. today. Did so anyone did have a look? Did you have the penetrometer out last night? i oh,
4: tell you what, the going stick <laughs> and the penetrometer, <laughs> oh, okay. they were all out. I just... It was I, wet, I, I worry.
2: As soon as I finished that question, I, I got a it little It was
4: gumboot like last night. I mean, you can know where you can shove your penetrometer. <laughs>
2: let's give us a call 9429 1116. Let's take a break now and come back with more of the Diego's on 1116 SEN Melbourne's home
1: of football. On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's.
2: Thanks for joining us on a Saturday night disco inferno four Diego's. Ooh, I like this too. Hot chocolate. Hot
4: chocolate. Yeah, hot chocolate. Just let it roll.
2: Sure, why?
3: Okay, then. Okay, kiddies.
2: There you go. It is 11.30, 11.20, 7.28. At the moment, thanks for joining us on the four. This was that's great music. There, what's Warren? the? I use
4: that line what's once. What's the subliminal message? What's the? You're good with these things, oh, Rodrigo. You oh, tend I'm to done. be good with these things. What's the subliminal message that's in coming out of that song? There's just a lot of space in the back of a Cadillac. Okay. It's a big it's,
2: car. It's roomy. That's, that's all he was talking about, really. Um, and you I could, don't think you it's could subliminal it, at all, Warren. No, it's, it's obvious. It's quite strong.
4: obvious. Yeah. No, so not, there's no <laughs> subliminal message. It's just the. What you hear is what you actually get. I think the
3: subtext is unpacking and heat. Come to my Cadillac. <laughs>
2: nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Thanks for joining <laughs> yes. us uh, on the Diego's. Uh, Dean in crew Point, Musket is like Dr. Zachary Smith off Lost in ah. Space. Go Chelsea. Yeah, catch us if you can. We might talk about uh, English Premier League a little bit later on as well. Vinny Venezuela, you want to talk about the game last night a bit more? Or I- Sydney FC and Melbourne Victory.
3: I mean, I know I'll, I will concede the fact that Sydney are having a, a ripper season and they're you know they're unstoppable and they may well win the grand final. I don't think they're it, they're a shoo-in to win it. I think that victory could beat them. But uh, the big issue, or one of the big issues last night, really Bobo's goal mm. was was a was a freebie. He was you know we just we lost track of the fact that he was by himself and we thought we'd leave him by himself there. And then by the time um, we we realised. He's by himself and he's going to score. It was too late. I think Ansell tried to track back and it was too late. It was
2: just a beautifully timed
3: run. I mean, oh, that was good. And Holosko's ball to him yeah. was, was, was perfect. But really, someone should have been marking him.
2: Yeah, they, they actually showed uh, Jason Guerrier, who obviously not marking it's, him it's directly. Yep. But Jason Guerrier was... You know... He just um, didn't even try. Ambling, he, ambling. Was, he was watching him, basically. And just on Jason Gehry, made a few mistakes last night. I don't know if it was the pitch. The pitch. <laughs> or the, was the wet. slippery conditions. What was it? 137 millimetres, millimetres of puddles. rain in a week. Of rain. Um,
4: can you imagine what the grounds down here would look like with that much
2: rain? <laughs> yes, I <laughs> can, actually. Get, yeah, you can. I can, but it doesn't rain as much here, uh, Warren. But uh, no, it yeah, Jason Gehry yeah. was off last night, I thought. Um, Vinny? And Brandan was, wasn't was, even look, playing. Brandan plays for He wasn't even playing. Uh, you know, oh. We're going to get texts now, <laughs> Brandan doesn't play for victory.
4: No, yeah, yeah. well, no, but, people don't listen to what we talk about then.
3: And I, and I think Kevin Musker would, would have been very frustrated given that he was the defender. Look, Barrow was out. He got mm, a...
2: That's a
1: big th- The
3: illness and, and that experience always helps to have it on the pitch. But, uh, you know, that, that little oversight cost us the game and that and not scoring when we should have scored. Cost us the game too. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. So
4: you're saying, you're oh, I'm saying to lose.
3: No, no, we lost, but we only lost one nil. We didn't lose three nil, four nil, or anything. Like that. We we weren't embarrassed by by the thing. We were the, the way we let the goal go was embarrassing, because we should know better. But you it's, know, it's the a one, soft goal
4: to cop. The one thing about Sydney that's been the constant in the two games against Melbourne teams is for the first twenty minutes of both games they've been played off the park. Not so much played off the puck but clearly inferior yet they just they find a way of just grinding themselves into a game and then finishing very strong and they've done that twice now and I don't think it's it's not coincidental they seem to you know not sit back but they seem to sort of almost you know take what the opposition's got and then you get pretty strong around you know just finishing off the game and that's got something to do with It's got something to do with, I think, their depth, their confidence. They're very strong at the... Fitness as well. They're back, you know, they're back five if you include the goalkeeper. You know, Wilkinson, Zullo, and um, I'm trying to think, and I I hate doing this. The boys um, Boys who they bought in after losing, after having a player leave. And Ryan Grant, who probably... Is one of the most improved players in the competition. Absolutely, Um, but they don't concede, and they're attacking, particularly Zulo and Grant, who just get forward at every opportunity. And we're a bit vulnerable last night, particularly to Rojas early in the game, who was really taking Zulo on. And previously, the week before, um, it it had been that side of the ground with Franich, who'd really pressured Zulo, but then they'd got on top, Sydney. So I think there's a there's a bit of steel in a team that you wouldn't say has been the most
2: steely through their history. Oh, no, no. This is very different, Warren. I, I mean, um, Graham Arnold's basically said that the first 20 minutes to half an hour, they fight and fight. It's like a... It's like a title fight. You know, they will go at, you know, they will absorb the pressure. And they do. Um, and they do. Because it's a they, bit like dope. They back their fitness. And, um, you know, you've got to say they are a very, very fit side and they just glide over that park. I think, I think, you know, and even the staunchest of victory and City supporters would say they've had a brilliant season and deserve to win the premiership. But, but, I don't know about the grand final yet, but they, they deserve to win the premiership.
3: But that result was fitting of the top two teams. Like...
2: Oh, Melbourne Victory have got
4: a bit on the teams. I mean, Brisbane, Perth and Melbourne City at the moment are sort of fighting out the third position by default, really. I mean, they're sort of dancing with each other. It's not going to mean a lot because they're going to go into a final series probably somewhere between, you know, 11 and 15 points behind Melbourne Victory and probably close to 25 points behind Melbourne... I mean, Sydney. And in a competition that has normally been close really they've cleared away from each other from the others haven't they melbourne and sydney
3: look if um i reckon look you can't tell you can't say what would have happened and and sydney may still have won the game but i think if ingham scores in that first half with the chances he had it, it changes the way sydney have to play and and they've got to work harder and that opens them up a bit and and i think that's what i think victory like getting or well, any team likes getting the first goal but uh given sort of the direct nature of victory's play, they kind of probably needed more because then they could have played even more counter-attacking football.
2: It's hard to say. I mean, Barisha's what, scored 17 goals this season. But, Jeezy's missed goals this year. He's
4: been very inconsistent. He, you, he's played oh. good games and bad games.
2: What, what do you think about that, Vinny? I mean, he's, he's look, he had... Probably he should have the, the one, in, yeah. The one in the second night. half was, yeah,
3: the was was on a plate, and look, and Rojas did so well to get it to him and and, and set it all up. So, and Bruce should be spewing about that one, but he didn't. He didn't get that many opportunities, so it was a tough game for him. But, it was, but I think in the first half we probably had a few more chances, and Rojas, Rojas getting through and being taken down outside the box by Zulo. Oh, yes. Just no, I'm not complaining disastrous. about it. No, well, but. Warren, it's fair to say. Is it it fair to say? It is fair to say it was an opportunity. And and
2: look, it was a professional foul. And yep, that was it. Just on that point, uh, Vinny Venezuela, let's have a listen uh, to what Kevin Muscat had to say about that particular incident. It'd be a hell of a lot different if uh, the correct call was made, in my opinion, after nine minutes. So, you know, know, twice we've been here and big calls have gone against us. You know, real big calls, game-changing calls. The last one was to get him into the game, when it was a handball. And then this one after nine minutes, where, in Peter Green's opinion, he didn't think Marco was going to catch the ball, the quickest player in the park. So I suppose we're never going to find out if he would have caught the ball or not. But if I asked, when I asked Marco, he says he would have got it. And he was brought down. So it's life. Sooner the... Video, whatever they call it these days, comes in the better because uh, Peter, could, Peter needed some help on that decision. There you go. There's uh, Kevin Muskett in the That's press life, conference. That's life, Rodrigo. I just thought it was football. Just don't you love the drama in his voice? You know, he, sound, he's, um, he sounded sad. upset. He sounded upset. But, you know, he's got some That's the gravel in his voice. You know. I don't know
4: if Marco Pete was going to get the ball, but I asked Marco and he said he would. Off. He would.
2: Mar- Marco
3: <laughs> said he was going to score
2: three just off that one shot. <laughs> you know, Peter needs some help. <laughs> Pete, Pete, he needed help.
4: It's almost like he sat him down in the counselling chair and gone, Pete, you need some help, buddy. That's
2: right. So reach out, Pete. Reach out. I thought out. It
4: was the hyphen, and I could say, go back and say, Chris Griffith-Jones, no, no. he was refereeing the game today um, right. or right. tonight. So I got that wrong, and I was trying to think of Nick Fitzgerald, which the um, texter told me killed Zulo last week. It wasn't frannish. It was... Nick Fitzgerald. So oh, I'm right. getting a couple of things wrong, wrong Rodrigo, oh, and I apologise, but no. I'm correcting them as we go.
2: Oh, okay. No, well done, Warren. It's good. <laughs> good uh, on you, Warren. That's just very, like
3: Mark Rudin that,
4: should.
2: That's very human of
4: Mark you. Mark Rudin should come out and clear the record with regards to the, the longest travel in the, in Vladivostok v. <laughs> Stalingrad or so Leningrad.
2: Let, let's get back to Kevin Muskett because we just played that, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. that grab from his press conference. Was that a red card? I mean, no. It was the it was not under the s- new rules. So under the new rules, Warren, tell us a little bit about. Oh well, I mean, I a bit nervous it, about it's asking. Gotta be, I
4: think it's got to be a very it's clear. the, vibe. What's the It's got to be Warren? a very clear, clear, clear goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, and that, wa- that wasn't. Off. That wasn't.
3: So if you ask the player, would you have scored? Does that make it? Ac-
4: <laughs> That's that, a new form is, of officiating is, that we should consider.
2: Is that the, the the referee's responsibility now? Do you think you would have scored it? But like I said earlier, what I mean, Warren, Kevin Musket, um is mm. very impressive with the media. But um, he'd lost it a bit. I, think. I, I reckon last night. I, I don't. You know, he's clearly upset. But but that, you know, come on, you know, bo- both teams, uh, Sydney FC, you know, Sydney FC, their pos- their possessions in the first half, they you know basically doubled uh, Melbourne victories last night. But um, anyway, I just but, I was a bit disappointed with that. But um, you know, but truth be told, entitled to his opinion.
3: But- if that had happened in the box though, it would have been a red card and a send-off because it would have been denying a goal-scoring opportunity. So Kevin's point, really, it's the same. Like, it's just, it's happened outside the box, so he only gets a yellow and we get a free kick, so there's no advantage to us. So, just, uh, follow the sequence and the spirit of the law further and, and, and do what you're meant to do. So, I, you know, I'm digging on you, Kevin. No, I'm no, with you. fair enough. No,
2: big fan of Kevin Musket's, no question, but, uh, just, Game-changing uh, things, surprised. though, as well. Yeah, but could have um, been a goal. Mark, a Marco would have I scored that one. Think he that said long. that's life. I just thought it was football, but that's all right. It's life to him, Warren. Well, the... it's a matter of life and death for, no, for it's Kevin, not. A man It's who a loves game. Football. <laughs> it is it's football. a game. It's a game. Hey, um, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. We've got about twenty uh, odd minutes to go.
3: By the way, the uh, get Castro. Hotline, yeah, it's gone. Huge <laughs> success tonight. <laughs> it really hasn't taken off, and I'm no, a bit disappointed. No, it has. It has. It has. <laughs> no one's called. <laughs> I've found music. Yeah, I no. found an angle. I tried to be quirky.
2: Nothing. Yeah, no. Tonight was a bit of experiment. You know, could the final whistle happen on the day after the game? Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I think we've come up with the uh, conclusion there. Uh, and I think
3: uh, because I feel that. Uh, Castro is a very good player that oh, could be of, of immense use to both Melbourne teams.
2: For, as in the A-League, he is a very, very... I very mean, good Melbourne team.
3: City haven't been the same since Aaron Moy left. Yeah. Victory haven't been the same since Finkler left. W- w- you know, we need Castro. There you go. The get State needs Castro. Castro.
4: In fact... He'd be far... I'd respect him more if he played in Melbourne. (laughs) I'd like
3: him more. Well, depending on what team he played for. Yeah, no, I
4: think I'd like victory more if he played for victory. You are so statriotic. As long as he was... As long as he didn't do that well against Melbourne City.
2: Okay, let's take a break. And as we do, let's just quickly recap the score. Sydney FC defeated Melbourne victory 1-0. Just in case you didn't know, Bobo scored... In the second half there Wellington Phoenix uh, and Perth Glory Three all tonight from fantastic goals in that game And Wellington Phoenix thought they had a one But um, uh, Perth Glory came back very very strongly The guys
4: were taking their tops off They were and they, and It was rudely Interrupted It
2: was Western Sydney Wanderers and Adelaide United uh, Nil all in uh, Western Sydney Let's that take a break And come back with more of the Diego's On 1116 SEN Melbourne's home of sport
1: On eleven
2: sixteen SEM, the Four Diego's. Thanks for joining us.
1: Is Donna Summer?
2: It is Donna Summer. Well done, Warren. Clearly, your era.
4: She's good, Donna Summer.
2: <laughs> she is. Good. Is she for
4: real, Vinny? It is just going. This show's for real.
2: With the Four Diego's uh, three. coming around the home stretch, or oh, three Diego's. No, Carlos no, tonight. No, Carlos. Just Rodrigo, Vinny, and Back Warren. Back three. Back three. No, and we're and Melbourne
3: City in defence. No, uh, we uh, don't respect
2: fullbacks. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> hey, um, nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Give us a call, uh, and we'll still take your calls. We Just going to- through
4: the soccerist team? Well, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> have we me.
2: have we squashed that segment? We have squashed that segment because okay, um, we've got uh, some other Thought stuff it was to do. Good. A Central Coast Mariners take on Melbourne City. Warren, is it a must-win game? No, <laughs> it's
4: not must-win. If you don't That's win, the end.
2: if you don't win tomorrow. <laughs> Are
4: you, will you spew? <laughs> no, I won't. Because in the end, third, fourth and fifth at the moment, it's completely, we're just playing out till the finals. It's completely
2: meaningless. I can't believe you said that so emphatically.
4: No, no. They'll win Melbourne City tomorrow. They're going okay. I thought they played really well last night, last week. I think I'm actually happy with the way they're tracking. That might sound, you know, a tad stupid, but <laughs> they're going Okay. No, no. They'll it's, win okay. tomorrow. That
2: was in their 3-1 loss to Sydney. Is that Was that? The yeah, game? they were
4: great for the first 20 minutes. Mm. And then they lost exactly like Melbourne victory. Yeah. See, losing 3-1 against
2: Sydney
3: is worse than losing one. <laughs> <year>. <laughs> what makes you say <laughs> that? Is that bit? numerically <laughs> because it's a two-goal <laughs> difference, just, not just a one? Pretty or? much that, yeah. yeah. yeah and yeah. at home, losing at home to
2: Sydney
4: oh, yes. is yeah,
3: worse yeah, than horrible. losing right. away to Sydney. No, no, you're
4: right. Tommy right,
2: Greenvale right. has called in on 9429 1116, wants to talk about uh, Bruno Fornarelli. G'day, Tom, and welcome to the show.
7: Good evening, uh, 3G, I guess. How are you going? Yeah, very you good, Tom? Tom.
2: You're the fourth.
7: Oh, thank you very
2: much. Tommaso. Tommaso, we're so, calling you. Tom, can you just
3: humour me? Like, it's the Get Castro hotline, and I really would like at least one call. <laughs> <laughs> giving me a bit of feedback. We've got music for you, buddy. All right. What do you think of um, Castro.
7: Uh, no, the gentleman's a champion player for birth glory. We have to admit that. There's no two ways about it.
4: And which team would he be better suited in? in, Vic- in Tom Melbourne. in Melbourne, because he's coming to Melbourne.
7: We've heard that. There's only one team that's got skillful players, and that's uh, Melbourne City. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. yeah. So you get rid of Bratton? Oh, probably,
3: yeah. Probably
2: get rid of Bratton,
7: yeah. Jeez.
2: Okay. So, so hey, Tom, clearly you're not overly impressed with Diego as even though you said he's a good player. Is
4: Tom in a... Is he got the baby's just gone to sleep and he's speaking really quietly in a dark room,
2: or
7: yeah, top us the misses? Don't forget the misses. Oh, oh yes.
2: it's true. No, but you've done well to call us tonight, mate. Thanks, so I you m- want to talk about Bruno Fornaroli? Oh,
7: look, I just want to give um, a former so- soccer who thinks he's a superstar Stevie Horvath. Ah, yes, yes. A yes. Paul Crew, who who put uh, tried to put a bit of dirt on uh, Bruno Fornaroli this week in the press, saying that he should never be uh, Melbourne City. Happen. I mean, Bruno's got more talent and skill than what Steve Horvat had in all of his life in NSL, and uh, Bruno can put him in his back pocket any time of the day.
3: But, Tom, what did. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not aware of the interview, I didn't see the interview. What, uh, why did Steve Horvat say that? Is there any particular reason?
7: He said that his uh, lack of discipline and that lack of discipline that Bruno's got has uh, fed in through the culture of the uh, rest of the Melbourne City uh, players and. You should lead by example. And, and that's why we've got such a bad disciplinary. Uh, oh, look, I mean, I, this
4: year. That's yeah, I, don't, I don't, I, I'm biased, but I'd probably say I wouldn't agree with that. I think Bruno's not going to give the greatest pre-match address, you know, but he's going to go out there and, and absolutely show the way as far as being right on the edge and being, you know, a, a player that gives everything. And I think if that's what you want in a captain, I think he's a pretty good captain. And look, the discipline issues around Melbourne City, are they real? I think you'd have to say on numbers they're real, but perceptually I think, you know, they're not as bad and as what people say. So I'd disagree with Steve there. And we, we love Steve and, you know, he's a friend of ours, but, uh,
7: yeah, I would disagree with that.
3: And, Tom, say so do you think there are discipline issues? Like you guys, like Kilkenny... But, but,
7: there are discipline issues, guys, but look, uh, we haven't taken out anyone's legs like uh, your good old mate Kevin Muscat did in his last few games, as, as we all know. Didn't take a player out of the game like uh, Kevin did, so none of our players have gone and done any dirty tackles or anything that's uh, put anyone out of the, out for the season.
3: Yeah, look, so. I, I, I take I understand what you're saying there, but I, I guess Horvat's sort of saying just the idea of just keeping your composure and and not not giving away silly yellow cards because they add up and they hurt the team and things like that. So I think that's where he's coming from and, and, and sort of leading by, by that sort of example, don't you think?
7: Yeah, uh, yeah. look, they're, they're, you know, yeah, there's a bit of that. But uh, again, don't forget, a lot of these players, eight of these players have only been together for less than a year. So it's all taken time for them to gel into this competition. And I think if they all stay together next season, uh, they'll be all better for it.
2: Yep. Are they going to win tomorrow against Central Coast Mariners, Tom? Uh,
7: it's going to be tight, but I think we'll go.
2: It's going to be tight. So, uh, you know, I mean, Warren emphatically said that it's not a must-win uh, game. What do you think? Uh, it's definitely a must-win is. Yeah, It is a must-win I'm glad you See, said that because you, you, cause I... You don't have thought, the
4: ability to understand what I'm saying. No, I don't have the ability. On a deeper level. I mean, well, on a of deeper course level. they need yeah. to win. <laughs> but you know what? At the moment, at the moment... What are they playing for really? They're playing for they're playing in the pursuit of excellence before the finals, okay? And the pursuit of excellence is that's not is really a,
3: important for them right well, now. It's a, it's if a, they don't achieve it. No, see. Cuz momentum he, what I'm isn't saying to you is to a that team.
4: the pursuit of excellence is a far loftier Sometimes goal. Sometimes I
3: understand why Carlos has a crack at your I No, they? no,
4: but see, again you're not listening. It's this pursuit of excellence Isn't deterred by the odd loss here and there. It's a far loftier (laughs) goal than the simple win-loss category. What's a
3: slump? Is a slump more than two losses or?
4: Oh no, no. Again, you measure a slump on whether you're actually achieving your pursuit of excellence, not necessarily on the win-loss column. So the
3: noble loss.
4: The noble loss has to be factored (laughs) in there somewhere.
3: You're quite happy with a noble loss tomorrow.
4: Would you be happy with a noble loss? I'd be
2: happy. No, no, no not I not tomorrow. Eh? No, I wouldn't. Not tomorrow.
4: No, no, Melbourne no, City. not, not if you're Melbourne City with the no. with the stars that they've this got. This is the this is the the rusted on fans that they don't have. This is the hardest place for Melbourne City. Should be on top of the to ladder, win. Warren.
2: I don't. I mean, thanks for your call, Tom. Really thanks, appreciate Tom. that too. Um, very you started quiet. Started a good discussion. It, it is a good discussion. So I mean, Steve Horvat started a good discussion there clearly too. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't yeah. quite uh, catch it, but. Uh, but you know there have been some We've been on air, one might bit say. Bit this I mean would I would have thought
3: that the whole um thing may have revolved around his his language skills and his perhaps his capacity not to to be able to sort of communicate effectively and clearly to the players because he just drops the F bomb more than anything else, but um, <laughs> oh, he did it. He, he did it once. He did on a on a But once. you know, when you when you come to a new country, what's you tend first, to learn the the naughty words. What's the first, first word? Well, that's it.
4: I mean, he I'm, just, not, I'm
3: not. It's not a criticism, one, but I'm just saying you can't give a player instructions if if every other word's the F bomb. You know.
2: So, so Warren, just on a, I know you. You know, I don't want you to take this the wrong. The question the wrong way. What do you make of Fauna form this year? Well, I mean. Seriously, it's a serious it's been question.
4: Not as good as last season.
2: Yeah, but, but it's but, still been really really good. But do you think the weight of the captaincy has affected him no. At all? No, I the don't. The weight of having Tim Kale in the same No,
4: team? I don't. I think it's probably just the fact that it would almost be humanly impossible to actually maintain the level that he maintained last I, season.
2: I think I think the weight of not having Aaron Moy has affected him that, more than that would have had an impact than um, anything else. And also obviously the pressure that uh, you know, John Aloisi quite intentionally caused uh, when he highlighted that you know the ref should be looking at him holding the defender, um, even when he's in a in a forward position. Um, yeah, it's it's been an interesting if I had year. the he still same scored...
4: form on radio that he's had form he's had <laughs> this year. I tell you what, I wouldn't be doing a ten o'clock to midnight. Because you, a, you, on a Saturday you night, issue. What's I'd you be wrong with Brian, ten o'clock to midnight? I'd be doing. I'd be it. doing morning glory with you, Rodrigo. If I, play, <laughs> if I, if I was as good on radio as what Fornaroli is on the football pitch. That's a bizarro
2: pitch. world. That's a totally different world. Can you just imagine that? You know, can us I, doing morning, bre- yeah. us doing breakfast. Yeah, can, um, it,
4: it is a bit bizarre. Can, Rodrigo, can I just go, Rodrigo, kind of,
2: Rodrigo, Vinny, and Warren? <laughs> <laughs> the
4: yeah. S-C-N's new number
2: yeah. one. More football, more goals. Can I just go, more on S-E-N. Anyway.
3: Just on a very quick tangent, the, the, the guy I just would like to salute just by, because we can. Because even though my Get Castro hotline is, has, <laughs> hasn't been what I wanted it to be. Back to the drawing board. The, the, <laughs> the vision. The <laughs> vision. The vision. The thing I had planned. Didn't, it's okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn and grow from push this. Push through, Vinny. I fine. will push through. But um, Taggart, I think, is someone who keeps scoring now. And given that he started the season with the injuries, I, th- I think that Perth front line is, is as good as it, it's one, yeah, as good as it's going to get. And too. if
4: it's any consolation to you, Vinny, your get shorty hotline thing hasn't worked that well. But my going through the Socceroo squad from the Asian Cup <laughs>
2: <laughs> that hasn't worked. That at actually, all.
4: hasn't worked at all. <laughs> no, he, Rodrigo has firmly and steadfastly ignored any reference to it in the last fifty minutes. <laughs>
2: we're just running out of time, Warren. we just, you know, the, the show's been just jam packed with interesting topics uh tonight. That was an
4: interesting topic, Rodrigo. It
2: was. And uh we talked about it a bit, you know, uh just before the news, um before eleven o'clock. But um hey, nine four two <laughs> nine eleven sixteen. We'll still take your calls tonight or zero four double three ninety eight eleven um, sixteen. Kevin muskett next soccer room manager, what a joke. Um, that's when we lose the chance uh, of World Cup qualifying. That's um, Tom, who texted him while he was waiting on hold for us. Thanks Can for that.
4: Um one or two players? Um,
2: how Cup does Melbourne squad. City go on heavy pitches? Do they enjoy playing in the rain? Yeah, that's right. No, they don't. Anyway. Oh,
3: um, they
4: like pina coladas in the rain, Rodrigo, oh, you Melbourne Jesus. City. You yeah, home? but see,
3: if, if it was Melbourne... I'm not saying that you'd make excuses for Melbourne City up in Sydney, but playing on that pitch would be hard work for oh, both no teams. Doubt, no doubt. That's all oh, we wanted to both. hear from you, Warren. Yeah, that's that's all we needed. But you, <laughs> and I gave you, you you. went. No, you didn't. You, yeah, finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs>
4: well, Be- I haven't got to Because any... someone and says to you... Rodrigo has named one or two players you, out of the Asian Cup squad yet either. Finally. We Can need
2: you to, just do one or two? We need to take a break now oh. and uh, <laughs> come back with more of the Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport.
1: One, two, oh. <laughs> On 1116 SEN, the four Diego's
2: coming around the home stretch now. With two minutes ah. to go, freak out.
1: No Michael Jackson tonight.
4: Disappointing. The panel op, Pedro is a great man, but uh, just failed the um, task. No, no, he did the get Michael. shorty stuff. Oh, yeah, that's overwhelmed he, he him did that tonight, tonight. <laughs> with that segment that's just gone gangbusters. He
3: didn't even text in. Hey, <laughs> uh, upsetting. we've got about
2: uh, oh. a minute and a half. And we'll, oh, we'll go like,
4: back to the Asian Cup squad yeah, and where, where they are now.
2: Yeah, let's start with Mark Bresciano.
4: Mark Bresciano's <laughs> is retired.
2: <laughs> he hasn't gone on. Right, he hasn't, hasn't gone on. on. Uh, um, Tim Kale. Uh, he's still around. He's going okay. Jason Davidson.
4: No, back I'd say I, you'd have to say he's
3: bit gone of, backwards. No, a bit of a renaissance. He's, no, he's, I would he's, say he's clawing his way backwards. He is Warren.
2: clawing, but he went backwards to go forwards. Um, not as his is, fault. As his beage. Uh, no, he disappeared the radar. no, disappeared. No, no, backwards. Backwards. He's not in the squad. Uh, did I mention? I mentioned Jason Davidson, Ivan Franić. I think Melbourne he's City. coming
4: back to good form, but okay. he's gone backwards through injury.
2: Tommy Urich. It's, no, he's still...
3: You know, no, he's, he's doing okay he's overseas, a but he's, a he's off
2: Broadway, so hard to know. Robbie Cruiser. Gone backwards. Gone to China. Gone so, backwards. Yeah. He's um, gone to reinvent himself. Matthew Lecky,
4: I think he's going okay. I think he's held the line, but not improved.
2: Has to do more. Mass, Mass Longo.
4: He's notionally improved from the where he was to now. Just uh, so signed a new agreement. He was yep.
3: he was the player that probably out of that squad everyone had the the greatest hope for given I that. I still think he's got, he, as, you know, he Premier got a League League nomination out of that performance. Mark Milligan.
4: Mm, I reckon Mark Milligan hasn't gone backwards. Every no, time good. we see him play for the Socceroos he's at the same standard. Solid. So yeah. Alex Wilkinson. Yeah, he's okay, but not gone forwards.
2: That's it. We haven't got much time, so I did it, Warren, for you. Hey, thanks for your company tonight. Thanks for your calls and your text messages. Really appreciated that. Sydney FC defeated Melbourne victory last night. One 0 Wellington, Phoenix and Perth glory three all and Western Sydney Wanderers and Adelaide United nil all. So remember, Vinny I mean, Puerto Rican girls hang out,
4: we're there. We're there, we're there
2: girls with fruit on their head and balls of their
3: feet. We're there. We are
2: the forty girls.